0: Welcome to another episode of Mundelein Minute. We are still at the park and... Just um,
1: cranking out the episode today, you guys.
0: We're, we're getting it done because we, we have stuff have, to talk about. We should about.
1: have done costume changes so people wouldn't have known. Or me. at least switch sides. I don't know, but we're still here. Yeah, my we, watch we, just, is, we
0: don't switch sides on the couch. My watch is going to yell at
1: me to stand soon.
0: Oh, well this one won't, won't take long. All right. So uh, this is Mundelein Minute. My name is Eric Schwenk. I am a trustee in the village of Mundelein.
1: Hi, I'm Kara. Also a trustee in the village of Mundelein.
0: And uh, we are at Cracklauer Park, and there's a motorcycle on 45. Unbelievable. And you'll know that there's a motorcycle because these microphones that are not paid for by taxpayer (laughs) funds... Picked it right up. Oh, my gosh. And there's an airplane. too. Picked it right up. So the microphones, the camera, all that stuff is mine, and, um, you know, no taxpayer dollars. That's right. Filmed in that.
1: So we just wanted to come on here and do a quick update because... Both of us were at IML, which is the Illinois Municipal League Conference, Thank this weekend. Thank you for clarifying that. Um, yeah, and so we just wanted to kind of talk about why we do that and what the purpose of that is and why we go and that kind of thing. So
0: so I'm going to dive in. I made like a little schedule uh, because I'm a nerd.
1: I did it in the app.
0: You did it in the app. I didn't use the I'm app. It's so fancy. And um, I'm just going to tell you, there were some amazing sessions that I went to. One was about downtown revitalization revitalization
1: would you argue that this year's was better than two years ago
0: yes but I also think that there was less um less courses sessions to choose from
1: oh I see I thought I learned way more and I don't know if it was because like I know more now or if it was because they were better sessions
0: um okay so real quick the downtown revitalization was a really good session and we're on a good track and it was kind of interesting that all the sessions that I went to about the downtown stuff um, and, and revitalization, I keep saying that word, but it, that's what it is. We should play a drinking we're, game. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, we're not the only community that, that's that's struggling through this and trying to find developers and um, to revitalize their downtown and redesign it and and set the, the mm-hmm. um, what am I trying to say here, the boundaries of their downtown and, yeah. and just the overall look times they are
1: a changing
0: but what I found is that Mundelein is on the right track from all of these experts that presented IML we're doing it right so shout out to Amanda uh, with our community development our our director of community development economic development what's her full community
1: and economic development you're right yeah you got it
0: and and her whole team um, they've got us on the right track we're on the cusp of some really good stuff what'd you learn what do you mean? Like, so when
1: I worked in pharma, we would go to all these zillions of conferences. And sure. And we always have to talk and be like, give me one thing you picked up.
0: Um, open space.
1: Just places for people to gather.
0: Yeah, placemaking. Like this. Like where we are right now. Like Park Street and closing off the street and um, the, the open space that we purchased next to the mural. Mm-hmm. Um, and that whole design that that is something that downtown areas need. need. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then, oh my gosh, let's see if I can get this term right. A Verner. It's a Dutch word, and it means a street that allows people and cars to share the road equally. And they're doing one in Paxton. Um, I don't think that Park Street's the right street for that because it's right off of a busy highway, 45. Um, but it it's definitely an interesting concept where you could have Tables and chairs and cars and people, pedestrians walking. I and have you, anxiety
1: thinking about that right
0: now. Oh yeah, oh yeah, totally. Okay. What um, else did you go to? I went to a couple on the Freedom of Information Act and open internet. Yep, FOIA and OMA. It's something that I was, I cared about before I got into municipal government. It's something that I still care about. Nerd. Although I ran on transparency, and it was it was quite interesting to. Whoa, well, that's an interesting one. Someone needs a new muffler. Yeah. So it was, it was interesting to go to two different sessions. One was from an attorney that was talking about FOIA and and on the municipal side of, you know, what to be released and when and current case laws and um, how to release things. And, and personally, I got the sense of how not to release things. And then I went to a session called Who Let the Watchdogs Out? And it, it was put on by the Edgar County watchdogs incorporated but they're just a a non-profit that is a media organization and they have different rights under media that they can FOIA um, and it was interesting to hear their take on what some of the case law is and what totally
1: different size oh
0: huge difference yeah
1: so what's one thing you learned
0: (laughs) um just give the documents yeah
1: and that's pretty much
0: redacted as necessary yeah um, you know, there's there's certain things that you can't give out, people's phone numbers and Social Security numbers, you know, that kind of stuff, obviously. But um, just don't don't waste the taxpayers' money over stupid stuff. Yeah. The the law is is meant to be um, on their side. On the side of the individual. Exactly. Requesting not the not on the government side. Right. Yeah. yeah. So don't waste the taxpayers' money and just give the documents. Okay. Uh, I guess I'll just go and then you can talk. Sure. I went to government finance 101. Is definitely geared towards brand new, um, newly elected officials. And
1: that's okay. It never hurts to learn more. But you are the finance expert. You and Doug are homies. <laughs> Doug, yeah. So, I hope Doug watches. Doug, you watching?
0: Yeah. Um, that one, I, I can't say that I learned a lot. I it's actually, Because you can't already say, know a lot. I, I get some of the finance stuff. I'm not a, a finance expert by any means. He's being humble. But I'm. That one, I, I didn't really learn too much. Of. A nerd. <laughs> Thank you. Adult use cannabis and how things have changed in the 2021 revisions. That was Talk about this, and I have a
1: really good sidebar conversation about adult use cannabis. Go.
0: All right. So my one thing from this is how the state spent a lot of time to make the new licenses equitable across um, race and gender. Got it.
1: So... Um, Two years ago, we went to this because it was all new to us. Mm -hmm. We were just about to vote on it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And now Mundelein kind of, like, led the way in Lake County with having the adult-use cannabis dispensary. And I had a conversation with a mayor from a nearby town. Okay. I don't think I'll disclose it yet. Um, About (laughs) this and how it was going in Mundelein. And he said he was approached by um, a dispensary and then i was like are you sure and we kept talking more and he was like you know what i was approached by a grower oh and not a craft grower they were talking about a grow site that's zoned agriculturally and what you know the benefits were of it and how we saw it playing out and i was like well obviously we don't have a grow site but we do know that that it is so monitored and it is so litigious to get a license that we've seen no problems from it and um it was like a very good conversation there was a state rep there with me as as well the three of us were kind of talking through the logistics of it and he left he's like maybe i will give these guys a call back rather than ignoring their calls and i was like well that's really sad that you would ignore someone's calls but yes you should give them a call back because it's advantageous for the community we've seen no issues and we've been able to support ourselves through the pandemic based on revenue we got from absolutely the dispensary so
0: with no increase in crime
1: right exactly
0: I mean, the worst thing that, that came out of it was the horrible parking. Parking.
1: And that's why I told him. I said, you know, the issue we have with ours is that it's, it's a retail establishment in a non-retail area. Growth. But we're forced right. we're forced to keep it there because of how the licensing works.
0: And, and yeah, the limitations on where exactly. that can be placed. So
1: um, it was just an interesting conversation that other municipalities are looking to us, for, which is kind of like looking to me, <laughs> for advice well, and kind of insight. You and know.
0: personally, I, whenever I was approached by <laughs> area municipalities, about cannabis. I told them that, um, don't you dare pass this. Don't you dare. It is a terrible
1: idea. No one should have it.
0: Nobody else should have this. Yeah. You will hate it in your community. It is the worst thing you could ever want. And, uh, don't you dare take my revenue. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So we're, we're a little protective of our, of our cannabis dispensary. dispensary Right. right We don't
1: want any competition. Okay.
0: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Um, Let's see, then I went to a, a council members round table. So this is where all the trustees, we, we have different names, right? Alderman yeah. trustees, council members, whatever. A, every kind of village has something different. Um, and I'll tell you, my biggest takeaway from that is, wow, we're in a good place. And there's other communities that are fighting over legal counsel for trustees versus legal counsel for the mayor and they're having to hire separate attorneys so that what? They, their board gets representation but Holy that the, mayor's, the mayor won't allow their attorney to speak to the trustees and i'm like wow it's it's nice to not be in that predicament and that sounds scary yeah it, it, we're, we're we're in a good place yikes uh let's see next up i did tax increment financing um tiff TIF stuff and navigating choppy waters with different taxing districts. That one was really interesting. I learned you can share money between TIF districts if they are touching. touching next to each other. And if it's a budgeted item in your TIF district budget. And then more planning and revitalization in downtown streetscapes. And this is where um, Paxton actually, uh, the mayor of Paxton, Illinois was the one that moderated and, and spoke.
1: Where, is, where Where is that?
0: it's uh south off of 57 just say south okay Um, and then that was it we had the annual banquet that night and uh yeah all right so tell me what did you do at iml
1: we went down for two days took the train down and then the first day we i went to a um, retail conversation and this guy has spoken before about retail but this was retail in the light of covid Mm. and what this means and he's a really good speaker. He's super charismatic. You can tell he's a sales guy, which I'm like eat it up. Cause I like love dealing with fellow salespeople. I just love it. It's like high energy, like the opposite of your nerdy stuff, you know, like yell at me and like sell me on your stuff and why it works. Tell me about it. You know, I'm I like, love Yeah, it. Can
0: you show me the numbers? Yeah, Whatever nerd.
1: So I like love the high energy and he, this guy is it. Um, but he, but some interesting things that he talked about were, um, concepts in dining. So, um, drive throughs being hit yeah cool duh we know that for like burger king and you know mcdonald's and stuff but here's places like olive garden getting a drive-thru what yeah and and um kind of like those you know middle of the road type of restaurants that aren't like fast casual but are like you know i guess fast sit down what
0: can you do unlimited drive-thru unlimited (laughs) breadsticks
1: so they talked about you know having the correct um, plats and pads for drive throughs um, and new fat, a new chain, fast food chains being smaller footprint. And, Mm -hmm. oh my God, I'm like sitting there and I'm like, smaller footprint. You mean like the brand new Starbucks we're getting, you know? Um, so I was like, yes, we're doing this right. It was good to hear. Um, smaller footprint stores because they're not focused on people sitting in the stores anymore. They're sit, they're going through a drive through and they're leaving. Right. So you don't need the big footprint of a big, starbucks or mcdonald's or chick-fil-a or whatever um so i thought that was really interesting and then he talked about how drive-thrus may need more drive-thru lanes he highlighted like places like shake shack um yeah
0: well and that's something we talked about with with how many cars we can stack in the starbucks drive-thru exactly
1: exactly um he also speaking car stacking he talked about parking Mm. and the need for parking spots to maybe be less than what they originally had been so we have a set ordinance that you have to have this many parking spots per what i don't know I I don't don't know know the ratio, but it's a ratio, right? Whatever. And he was talking about how ordinances really need to be looked at again because that ratio might need to be smaller because people aren't staying. Mm. Right. They're not parking and staying. They're parking. They're parking for a limited amount of time or they're drive throughing and they're leaving. So that is applicable if you have smaller plats of property that you could use and you don't need as much parking. Makes sense. So that was super interesting. However, then it got to like the real good stuff. And he talked about heat mapping. I want to talk about nerd? But like how you can heat map um, visits by cell phone data to stores.
0: Hello, big brother. Is this the guy from Retail Strategies? Yeah. 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 Elliot?
1: No, I don't know his name. He's from Texas.
0: Oh, no. This guy's from Alabama.
1: Okay. No, no, no. It's it's a different guy. Okay. Um,
0: But he talked about that too. Similar
1: thing. flashlights on. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm really excited about it. But similar similar thing. What I thought was really interesting is that we always talk about... um, uh, Sorry, my... Son's therapist just text us what we always talk about is roofs in line mm-hmm. and this was basically like yeah you can have roofs but who cares about that you should really be focusing on how many visits stores get so we have some large retail stores we have target that is huge like if we were to heat map how many visits that store was to get does that help us attract other stores into those outlots out around that area
0: and and by heat mapping you're talking about using cellular data yeah and 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 using people. the data that's out there <laughs> not kidding. from us tracking no, the municipality but not by the your government phone
1: tracking. tracks you wherever but, you go
0: yeah and that data is, is
1: for it sale. Ready? yeah it's for sale so and not just visits but so for example unique visits he highlighted a Carp- um a woodman's in carpentersville mm-hmm. and it was something like it received i'm gonna mess this up like 1.7 million visits to the store in a year in a year but of that 1.7, 297,000 were unique. So they saw 297,000 people going through that door. So I thought that was fascinating because really that should be part of our pitch of not just including the, how many residents are in one line, but, mm-hmm. but how many visitors these stores attract. Or you could even use it down on Park Street. You could heat map that data to say on an average Friday night, you have, arbitrary number, 100 people eating dinner there. Or 100 people's chilling around or whatever, right. hanging out. That could be used to market to other vacant properties in the area. Anyways. Yeah, I was, that session was lit. It was good stuff. It was, it, was, it was like right up my alley. It was like marketing and sales and like how Absolutely. to attract and data. And I was like, ooh, give me more. Um, he also talked about, this was fascinating too, that because of COVID, big retailers do not, oh, what's the word, when they go out and find spots for it, like, that's not planner What's the word Where So retailers hire people To go out and like Look for spots For okay. their thing I can't th- I can't think of the title right now Whatever These people Well They went from having like A team of probably 20 To having a team of 3 That covers the entire US Wow so now is the time for municipalities to go out there and like be aggressive with these retailers and not just like wait for them to come to you, but you need to call them and tell them that you have these properties available and this is what you want to do. And the, and, and your whole pitch should be ready to go. So I was like all over our village administrator. I was like, we got to do this. We got to do this. We got to do this. And he was like, oh my God, you're a spaz. Because I mean, I have a sales background. That's what I do. I go out and pitch and want it to happen. So yeah. also talked about having, um, Vacancy information on your website because it was easily yep. accessible. So I, I think that that's something we do that. Yeah. We need to make sure that we really have that visible.
0: Yep.
1: Um, yeah, it was a good, good session. Good session. All
0: right. What else did you do? What else did we
1: do after that? Then the second one... Oh. The second one I got myself in a little bit over my head. It was about cybersecurity and network security at public works. facilities.
0: <laughs> yes, that... But that was an interesting one, especially when you it consider, like, the, the case in Florida. Florida, right? Yeah. Where
1: they could see the
0: the water, department, water department
1: getting hacked. And the guy was working there, and he could see the chemical levels in the water changing. He's like, well, I'm not changing them. How is it changing? So um, what I took away... And this was, like, way above me. Like, I'm not... A, my husband handles all the technology in our house. Like, he does all of the things. And this was way above it. But I did take I actually was texting him during it because I was like what does this mean what does this mean what does this mean And I was like do we do this and he's like our network's secure don't worry honey I don't know but that the federal government offers a service hmm. that's free of charge obviously it's a municipality it's paid for by tax dollars right sure. that will try to hack your network with white what is it white white hat hacking. thank you I don't know what mean. but I thought that was so interesting so I passed that along and it is what it is but I, that was brutal for me I was gone yeah what's going on? Um, The next day, in the morning, was the general opening session.
0: Yeah, I didn't talk about that one. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: uh, some football player spoke. It was a little bit too brotastic for me. I don't know, and I'm a bro. Yeah, you lift. I lift a lot, and it was. I was like, "This is nonsense." Joe Thiesman. Sure, thighs. No, Thiesman. Oh, Thiesman is. Thiesman is his real name. Whatever dude I don't know.
0: Yeah. It was motivational speaker.
1: Like super cliche. Yep. Not in for it. But uh Doctor and spoke
0: afterwards. So yeah, the the, the the whole COVID hour plenary session. Plenary so we love that word plenary. Plenary session. I that challenge you to use that in your vocab this week. Really, uh that was really informational. Doctor Zique and uh Director Garcia, I forget the other two. Um, uh
1: the general who's the head of yes. who's the head of uh, the revenue department. De-
0: department of Revenue DOR,
1: yeah. And then Cynthia, who is the head of
0: that was Director of Commerce. 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 And yeah.
1: then the guy on the end? Declan. Was the IEMA guy.
0: Brandon Brent? No. I don't know, but he was Declan. the... Uh, IEMA. Yeah. IEMA
1: guy. And was talking about disaster response. Um,
0: he, he had a really interesting point about how... You know, when he started with this with this organization a few years ago, they were like, "Oh yeah, we respond to the little flood stuff here or a tornado here," and you know, we we get the help where it needs to go. And now all of a sudden, he's like, we turned into this $500 million um, organization that's buying medical, um, supplies. medical supplies and gowns and PPE, all that stuff, yeah. all the PPE, like overnight, and then making sure that it's everywhere that the state needs it to be.
1: Yeah. So the county has every county has a stockpile of yep. it now. Um, exactly. What I thought was interesting from the Department of Revenue, everyone likes to bag on Illinois like being
0: the worst,
1: um, but from a revenue suspe- from a revenue perspective, the state is doing well and probably better than it's done in years.
0: Yeah, one of the things that they said was that we generally take we, being the state, take in one point four billion a month in sales tax revenue. Yeah. And that this last month they took in one point seven billion. So actually, sales tax revenues are up. People, People are, are spending again.
1: Yeah. Yep. And there is some correlation Higher with the surplus than what dollars. what they did
0: in twenty nineteen.
1: Yeah, well, you know that that makes sense. There was pent up demand, and now yep. the demand's back. So, you know that's good from an economic recovery perspective. Um,
0: and that our Moody's score, our, our credit our rating went up. Went
1: up. Yeah, still not what it should be, but we're working on it. Yeah, things are working. So, went to the general session. Then there was like a break, um, and then I went to two back to back sessions on uh, police reform. Yeah. And I thought this was really interesting of uh, the way that they did set it up. So the first session was presented by the three—it's uh, a state senator and two state reps, all from the South Side of Chicago. They presented on the policing reform and how it was came to light and what they did and how it was, you know, a, made a law and went and went into the details of it. And the room got spicy. I mean, it got contentious. And the three of them handled themselves with ease, with grace. Um, what I learned from that is that police practices that are happening in Mundelein are already complying with this new police reform bill Mm -hmm. and suburban police departments aren't going to see changes now. So that was an hour of that. The next hour was the head of the chief's association, the head of the Illinois state police and the chief of police in Lamont, Illinois. I don't know why they picked there, but whatever they did, the head of the, all three of them sat up there and said, we participated in the formation of this bill. And we had input and we worked with these reps and we worked with these senators to make sure that this was fair policing for all okay and i feel like i went into this session with the impression that like this was an anti-police bill or this is like defunding the police or all of these things because you hear these like really emotional talking points when you're when you're talking about this and to hear these three chiefs in their various roles you know the, the 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 head of the Chiefs Association is also like a head of the like training association for police. Oh, okay. He wears like a ton of hats, and he's a chief a, a police chief from Hazel Crust. Yes, that's a place, right? Yes. Sure, sure. He's a chief of police there too. But um, to hear that the police were intimately involved in creating this was reassuring, right? They're not going to do something that's detrimental to policing. Right. This isn't meant to make neighborhoods unsafe or and to, protect their to, officers. Right. Yeah. Right. This is meant to protect the officers to try to tackle crime. All you know, all these things. So it, I have the whole booklet from it. I thought I learned a lot from it. What I did learn, and I you know really take away from this once again, is like we're very very fortunate to live where we live. Um, our police department has you know is very well run and has always, you know has been well run for the last twenty plus years. And the things that are in this police reform bill, we've been already doing. Banning of chokeholds, using um, body cams, those kind of things. We've been doing that. We already have been doing that. And we have, you know, we've made public that we already do these kind of things. So, yeah, I I left that session, like, feeling really good. Um, And then I had a quick meeting with a state rep and a a different mayor, chatted with them for a little bit, and that was it. So um, it was quick in and out for me um took the got a ride home thought I took the train home no I didn't do that got a ride home and yeah but I definitely felt like I learned and retained more from this than I did from two years
0: ago I think being involved in it for the past two years brings a different perspective and things being more I understood more
1: and how we could so a lot of it when we went two years ago I was like what is this how do I implement this and I that's how my brain works is like I want to learn and then put it into play right and now I see how you can do this
0: sure yeah
1: yeah, it was super nerdy and it's good to learn stuff and it was me and you, trustee Ross, the village administrator and yep. the mayor. And the Mayor Lance, yeah. Yeah. So I hope everyone learned as much. I was, I was really excited to see Eric there.
0: And one of the things I have to say, we, we all went to different sessions. You know, if you don't nobody's nobody assigns you to a session, you just kinda of pick what interests you what interests you. Yeah. Um, and there was some where, uh, like there was one where I sat next to uh, to Eric Gunther, you know. But overall, we all went to different sessions, and, which is awesome because that brings up back a lot of knowledge. It also gives you a chance to talk to, to the person sitting next to you. Watching this wasp, see if it's going to fly Great. in front of the lens. Great. There, yeah, there it is. It
1: is. Um, talking to the person next to you and learning for, like, what they do in their oh, municipality. Yeah. The um,
0: networking connections yeah. and how their municipality works, and we've brought some of that back. Yeah. Um, we used some of that, that insight when we were interviewing, interviewing, interviewing. the new village administrator position a, over a year and a half ago now, a year ago. Jeez. Yeah. It's been a while. Um, so yeah, the, yes, there's a cost associated with going to IML. It's a an organization that the village pays to be a part of. Yeah. We have to pay for our, um, you know, our tickets to go. Yeah. But I, I would say that the education that's received is is definitely worth the, the financial.
1: Yeah. It was, it was, it was beneficial. So yep. we'll, you know, we powwow with staff afterwards and then yep. we'll go from there. So. Right. This was probably the most boring podcast we've done sorry friends sorry friends russ i'm sorry (laughs) mom sorry
0: yeah sorry eric's mom mom, sorry yeah exactly all right that's all we got she wrote we'll see you next time next week have a good week
1: see you guys that was boring huh
0: Okay. narcoleptic. I'm just gonna put that in the podcast somewhere.
1: <laughs> when I'm talking, probably when I'm ranting about, <laughs> You're
0: going to about municipal government somewhere.
1: Yeah, no, when I'm talking about retail and how exciting I was, you should just be over there like this. <sighs>